The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletico Physical Therapy and Art Van Furniture and Mattress. All right, a good Thursday night, everybody. Jeff Joniak and I'm my broadcast partner, Tom Thayer from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM. And this is Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score with our producers tonight, Mike Chen and Chris Dickens. How you doing, buddy? What's Dickens going on? or Dickinson? Dickens. <laughs> um, I'm doing good. Don't big mess Jeff. me nice. up. I, I these know. guys probably hate me. <laughs> I always, I never, I, you know. I, I really am in here, so I don't recognize faces, and it takes me a while to remember names. Well, it's nice Bad to have habit. you back in our community. I yeah, know yeah. That you spent a couple of weeks in Florida basking in the sun, enjoying that climate, that weather, while we sat here shoveling snow. Right, I did last week's show uh, from a boat. Very nice. On the phone, believe that or not. And that's hard to believe, but technology is great as it is. But yeah, it was uh, nice to get away a little bit, but now we got to bundle up this weekend. Yeah. I know this, hey, these are you, types of things. You got your you got your lid on right now. Hey, uh, you know, uh, listen, bald guys wear hats all winter long, whether it's indoors or outdoors. You got to keep the noggin warm, and that's just the way it goes. Looking forward to a little bit of the polar vortex tomorrow. <laughs> I think it keeps well, all of us humble. For, you won't be outside at all. You will be in your doors. No, there'll be, there'll be times that you got to take the dog yeah, out and stuff like that. He doesn't want to stay out very long. But I think, you know, you know everybody – you know, I think this this weekend in Chicago with the cold weather, but also the All Star festivities, oh, yeah. it's it's going to be a big weekend. Yeah, it should be. A, I remember I had 32 years ago uh, covering that All Star game. I was there back in 1988. 80, yep. So you were there. Or, or you were. Or, what? How'd you get there? I was telling the story last week, oh, okay. and I just to repeat myself. Um, I went to the game with Jim McMahon. And oh, that's right. it was back in the that. old stadium, and when they used to have those four those kind of cubicles uh, with four seats together, yeah. we sat uh, with Tyson, Mike Tyson, and Robin Givens. So that's, I mean, that's you, quite the story. It was, you know, because I I think at at that time you're so intimidated and in awe of a guy like Mike Tyson, and it's not because of his size and his stature and his you know his physique and everything. It's just about his destructiveness in the boxing ring. And that's what was so amazing about it um, at that time. But the the all that festivities back in ADA kind of spoke for themselves. Well, it is NBA All Star Weekend, and there's plenty of uh, Bears players that love the NBA, so they're likely to either be there somehow, some way, or enjoying the whole well, festivities I see this weekend. Spice Adams is in the celebrity game. I looked up the roster and yeah. I saw that Spice is. You I know, believe but, it's happened before, but you know, Spice. Yeah. Man, Spices looks so good. He's yeah. done such a great job of getting his weight down. And is Spice hitters or Kareem Biggins? I don't know. I think Kareem's playing, not Spice. Oh, really? Well, yeah, that's I, what, I, on yeah. the roster, he's, it's, it's down to Spice. Unless they're both playing. Yeah, well. Because that's how, you know, you go on YouTube and you see both of them. Yes. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's crazy. He's absolutely mm. crazy, but the ex-Chicago Bear killing it in his second career, that's for sure. Hey, coming up uh, here in moments, we're going to be joined by Trey Roberson, the newest Chicago Bear by way of uh, Illinois State and then the Canadian Football League, uh, signing a deal with the Bears and uh, had many, many different options. We'll talk to him about that. Jim Miller will be joining us as well, uh, shortly as well. And we're going to take some phone calls tonight. It's like the the calm before the pre-combine storm, and that's uh, coming up shortly in Indianapolis. And there's a lot of – it's going to be different this year, well, very different. What do you think about the, the prime time – 
workouts. They're all going to be televised at night. I like it. You know, I, I you know what? For me, I, I love that the fact that they do cover the the combine so closely because I think it. If you're a fan of the game of football, if you're trying to study the the combine itself, it gives you great exposure to it. And then when you run replays and they have the superimposed, this guy ran it last year at this speed. Now let's look what this player looks in the same position and stuff. Right? They pull guards up and pull your tape back from the day, and they you know put it. <laughs> right. I would I would love to know in today's world what you would have run. That's when they were like hand. And cranking the, the video, but you know what? So much of this week has been captured about where certain uh, quarterbacks are oh, going to be get going into, into next year. I know, I realize that, but um, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. It, it's a, it's amazing because you look at just the the amount of quarterbacks, the years of service, what they have left in the tank. But I'm still more interested in the combine than I am where those guys are going to go. Well, that'll be a big story though for free agency. Where those dominoes will fall. As we get you set for the 2020 Bears season, we'll dig into it. We'll talk quarterbacks tonight. We're going to talk defensive backs tonight. We're going to talk with Trey Roberson, the newest Chicago Bear. It's all coming up next here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over a million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak, top there. Big Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio, the former Bears quarterback. Hey, I lost you in that first part. I didn't have my earplug all the way in. 33 years in radio, you'd think I'd figure that out, Big Jim. Oh, Jeff. I know. Sorry, I enjoyed the talk. I'm going to be down there. Maybe I'll see you guys. I'm going taking my uh, son Manny to the All-Star Game. Oh, Looking nice. You know, that's a privileged few. We don't have tickets to that stuff, Big Jim. Uh, look, luckily, but, there's an NBA channel on SiriusXM. Just there you go. Jim, <laughs> Jim, the man for the tickets. How old is Manny? Uh, Manny is just uh, turned 13. Wow. It's amazing yeah. to see these guys that we either broadcasted about or played with and stuff, and you see the different ages of their kids coming up through the ranks. Good for you, Jim. Wow. I, can't, I can't believe, like, Michael Pittman, I played with him in Tampa after I was released by there. His son is coming out of USC. All these guys that we played with, Tom, yes. now their sons are playing. <laughs> and it, it's hilarious watching these guys uh, go to work, and they're going to be drafted as well, much like their fathers. We'll get your scouting report on Manny's future, quarterback <laughs> or linebacker. We'll see. Hey, joining us right now, the newest Chicago Bear. Uh, coming aboard here by way of the Canadian Football League, Trey Roberson joining the program now. He's joining us, the uh, cornerback and former Illinois State star quarterback. Trey, good evening. How you doing, man? Good. How you doing? Fantastic. You know, I put I put on uh, some of the tape of that FCS uh, game against Carson Wentz and the boys, and I, oh, I literally could not stop. I couldn't stop watching it. <laughs> yeah, that was a heartbreak. It's definitely a heartbreak. I mean, better to the end. We even took the lead, and they were there to come down on the last drive and then go ahead and win the game. I mean, but they're, they're a great. Uh, that was a great organization, and they're still a great program. You know, they just won a national championship again this year. So, yeah, that's I mean, a that's a tough team to beat, and you were a tough quarterback to beat that day. And I know these guys, including Jim, who, who played quarterback in the National Football League and for the Bears. Um, you know, it's in your blood when you're a quarterback, and I'm sure it's still in your blood that even though you've made the transition to corner, there's still a part of you. I know you have big arm. I talked to Brock's back today. I'll talk to you about that later. But, you know, you, you always have that in the back of your mind, I'm sure. Yeah, I do. But I use it a lot uh, on the defense end. And uh, when I'm playing defensive back, I mean, I, I take the same work ethic that I had as a quarterback watching film and uh, break it down film that way. 
Uh, that's how I do it as a defensive back. And it makes the game a lot slower for me. So uh, that quarterback background definitely helped me in it. Uh, it helped me open up, open up my eyes to the game. I, I'm able to see more uh, envision with, with zone coverages and also uh, uh, route recognition also. Well, Trey, with your background at quarterback and now playing the defensive back, I don't think there's anybody that can answer this question more honestly. What is the more physical of position? Is it quarterback when you don't see the hits coming, or is it defensive back when you predict when you're going to hit somebody? Uh, I definitely think it's quarterback because, um, I mean, you've got those big angry guys coming coming rushing at you, you know, those defensive linemen, and you don't see them coming. So you're taking a lot of times you're taking hits that you don't even know that you took that game. You know, you're getting hit a lot. So uh, definitely being uh, being a quarterback was, I mean, you're a standard target. So, I mean, that is it. But as a DB, you're able to line up the hits. And then sometimes, I mean, I will go games where I wouldn't even make a tackle. So, I mean, <laughs> it's just a different game. Well, Trey, Jim Miller here. Believe it or not, I'll take you back in time. I called a game of yours back when you were an Indiana Hoosier, and you were oh, quite really? young. Yeah, quite young uh, back then in, in your young quarterback career, and now have made that, that, that transition. And what's been the toughest part for, for you? You know, is it backpedaling, the angles that you got to learn and closing on to, to make tackles? What, what has been the most difficult part to master about the, the cornerback position? Uh, the footwork, you know, just like how you're doing a drop, three-step drop, five-step drop. Uh, as a DB, you got to master that. I got to master. I master the back pedal, uh, breaking, T step, and stuff like that. You got to be able to master your craft so you're not thinking about it. You know, I, I didn't have to drink, think about doing a five step drop and making a throw. So I don't want to have to think about back pedaling and breaking on a route. I want to be able to, to to know what I've seen on on film and break and break uh, based off of that, and not have to worry about technique. So I say, get your technique down is the most important thing, and uh, and that's the thing that uh, that I've been working on. Hey, Trey, you know, I, I played in the USFL, and it really helped me. I watched the guys this weekend playing the XFL, and I think the reps are valuable. Would you be here right now if it wasn't for the reps to refine your skill from the CFL? No, I definitely wouldn't be. Uh, the CFL gave me the opportunity to actually go out and play because, uh, I mean, I was playing quarterback in college. So when I went to the NFL, I didn't get the the fair opportunity as I would if I – went to the CFL and got the film and got the experience and, and, and actually got to play, not just playing on sitting on the practice roster where I'm not playing games. You know, playing games is most important. you got to be able to play games so you can get the timing of, 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 the fo- of football and, and, and stay in rhythm. It's a different rhythm when you're at practice than when you're in the game. So I say definitely going to the CFL, getting that opportunity to, to showcase my ability and also get reps. Reps was the most important thing. New Chicago Bear and former Illinois State cornerback and uh, quarterback, rather, and Indiana quarterback and now cornerback. Trey Roberson, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. All right, so we've read the articles. We've read the story. You were quite busy in the month of uh, December and January with all the workouts after you were allowed to go out of your contract with the Calgary Stampeders and the CFL. So if my math's right, a dozen teams tried you out, um, nine offered contracts. So why the Bears? Um, I just feel real comfortable there. Uh, when I when I came on my visit to the Bears, my workout, uh, I just felt like I was at home. Uh, they made it. They made sure I was real comfortable in uh, in every aspect of the of, of, of the trip. Um, and I just feel like it's, it's a great pl- great place to be. It's close to home. Uh, I'm from Indianapolis, so it's not too far away. So I mean, we're, we've been in Calgary, so we've been home home uh, away from home a lot. So uh, I just feel like it was the best place for me and. Uh, I mean, I feel like I can really help the organization get to the get to the next level, which is win the Super Bowl. 
When uh, you mentioned to, to the listeners that you had a, a crack in the NFL, and I know I know Rick Spielman very well. Rick Spielman actually signed me with the Bears. He was under Mark Hatley as a assistant GM, and you were up there on their practice squad. How how was that? Because I got to believe so much was coming at you so quickly uh, for that period of, of time. And as you mentioned, you get the opportunity to go to the CFL and, and really do some things, and and really it speaks to how good of an athlete you are, Trey. At the end of the day. Yeah, uh, being in Minnesota, I was able to learn the craft. And I was able to learn from them, Coach Gray, uh, Terrence Newman, the guys that were there. I was able to learn every single day. And at the same time, I'm guarding guys like Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs on, on the practice squad, and I'm guarding them every single day. So I'm getting, like, high-quality reps early. Just at the beginning of, of learning the craft, I'm getting those high-quality reps. So uh, then going into the CFL, that just gave me confidence that I can play in that league, that all I needed was – the film and, and just the reps, the game reps, you know, and just show it on tape that I can do what I've been doing in practice, if that makes sense. So uh, the CFL, that's what that's what the CFL platform gave me, was that opportunity to showcase that ability that I can do, uh, do it in games. Trey, it seems like in the NFL, cornerbacks get labeled, whether they're a cover corner, press corner, a physical run corner, a man corner. Is that the same in the CFL? And if so, did you ever get identified as as a type of corner? Uh, I don't know really if there's a if, if you're really identifying. Uh, I mean, there's corners that 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 just mainly press. Uh, with our defense, we we played a lot of off because we wanted our our pass coverage to match to uh, match up with the uh, rush. So we were, and then we ran a lot of different coverages. We never just played man. You know, we disguised. Uh, I mean, we would do run zone. Uh, we would run man. Uh, different type of trap zones like we ran a lot of things and in our defense you had to be at a re reroute concepts so that's where the quarterback comes in and uh so we for instance like we'll be in cover two and we'll slice a dig which in the corner like you probably won't do that because you're thinking there's a corner that's coming by for number two so like we had to be able to route read and also uh communicate with the guy next to us which was very important so playing off playing man is just based on uh what you felt or the situation Trey Roberson, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy. Your story is 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 kind of amazing. And again, so many ways to get to the NFL and what you have to do to sacrifice to get there. But after that, uh, the Vikings decided not to keep you on the practice squad after year two there. Tell me about Westmoreland Transportation and why that's so important <laughs> in your story. Tell everybody your story. Oh, man. So, um... When I got when I got released from the Vikings, uh, I had a baby that was coming at the time. You know, I was on practice squad. I, I didn't really make a ton of money, so uh, I mean, I had to get a job. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I was a little banged up coming from Minnesota, so I, I mean, I had to get a job. I didn't get a I didn't get a job until um, to October, and then I signed with Calgary. So like, I knew that I had a job coming once the, the season was over. So uh, yeah, for uh, for instance, in, in uh, Westmoreland Transportation, which is a trucking company. I would I was driving full time. Uh, it'd be times where I would wake up at seven thirty, would drive the morning shift, uh, and then uh, get on my next shift, which was started at four p.m. Which I'll drive to Ohio, uh, drive to Fort Wayne, and then drive back home, and then hopefully get home by three four o'clock, and then I'll go to Lifetime and work out. And then, uh, but the only time I was able to steal some sleep is when I was actually when I would drive to Ohio. The uh, stuff wouldn't be able to get picked up until nine o'clock, so I'll get there around seven, and uh, that'll be my two hours of sleep. So. I mean, I did that for a whole year, working out every single day. I mean, I barely got any sleep, but it all paid off. 
Well, in in terms of the work ethic, and obviously to you know, because like you said, it, much like football, there are days you just don't feel like doing it. You know, let's be exactly. honest, you're nicked up, you're bro- you're bruised, but to be on the road, to be working, but yet still have the discipline to carve out the time to get in your training that you need to train uh, to keep it going. I mean, obviously that speaks to, excuse me, it speaks to the love of the game that you have, Trey. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I knew what. I knew once I got to Calgary, they told me I had an opportunity that I have an opportunity to start and the best player was going to play. So that was my motivation the whole entire year was to get better, to get as good as I can at my craft and, uh, and go in there full tilt, ready to go. And then, I mean, let the chips fall where they may. Hey, Trey, how long uh, were people always in your ear about playing corner, even when you were playing quarterback? I know that's kind of confusing, but I think when they recognize talent, they want the most out of the player. So was it a subject that didn't get uh, approached until you were done playing quarterback? Uh, yeah, I mean, I played because I played quarterback all my life. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just something like I kind of I didn't I didn't really want to play quarterback in, in professional on the professional level. You know, it's I, I wanted to be able to play a position where I'm out there playing, playing, uh, playing football, using my athletic ability, not having to think as much, just react and go out there and play football. Uh, I'm not the best passer. So I mean, I'm not just, I'm not a natural passer. That's just something that I'm not natural at. I'm natural at playing corner, natural at back backpedaling and stuff like that. So it was just something where I just found something that I was natural at, and I mean, the game comes easy for me. So um, I mean, that's really it. That's good to hear. All right, well, Trey, uh, I do know this in talking to Brex Beck, the uh, head coach at Illinois State, who's turned up a lot of NFL players, including uh, Devontae Harris, who started six games for the Broncos at, at corner from Illinois State this year. Uh, yep. He did say, though, because he was on the Purdue staff when Drew Brees was there, your strength coach is still, who was, who was the same guy that trained Drew Brees at Purdue, is still at ISU. He said you always asked him questions about Drew Brees. Yeah. So you I mean, had it in your blood. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's one of the best. So, I mean, that's what I want to be. I want to be one of the best. So whatever it takes, I mean, that's who I talk to. I talk to people that are the best, that are doing good, you know, and, and I mean, that's what I would like to model myself after. All right. Well, we'll be looking forward to meeting you when you uh, when the uh, off season program gets underway. And welcome to Chicago, Trey. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Trey. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Trey Roberson, the Bears' new cornerback here on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. Back with Jim Miller. We'll take some phone calls tonight as well. Three one two. Six. What is it? Four sixty seven sixty seven sixty seven sixty seven on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. Back in a minute. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Old Spice. Never let a friend lose his swagger. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller with us. And your phone call is coming up, 312-644-6767 with our producers Mike Chen and Chris Dickens. Uh, Hey, uh, Big Jim, Trey Roberson, we could really talk to that guy for a whole hour. He's got quite the background, quite the history. And I I don't know how how it's going to be perceived, what his role is, but the Bears definitely – you know, invested in him when you talk about a guy from the Canadian Football League. And if I'm not mistaken, he got the biggest payout yeah. of a Canadian Football League guy since Cameron Wake. Yeah, got a $75,000 bonus, uh, I guess, what he got uh, to sign. Well, he's a terrific athlete. I mean, he really is. I remember, Well, at that point, Kevin Wilson was the head coach of Indiana, and I saw him when he was starting as a, as a true freshman. He does have a terrific arm. 
Um, but, you know, it's just the consistency and things like that. Then transfers out because Nate Sudfeld was there as well. Nate ends up getting drafted and is bounced around the league uh, a little bit. And then here Trey uh, moves on, plays quarterback, plays well. As uh, a terrific athlete, Rick Spielman and a lot of other teams ended up signing him. He bounces around the practice squad for a couple of years uh, for Minnesota and then hones his skills enough to, to go up there to the CFL and play. And he's, he's a, like I said, a terrific athlete. And he, he'll even admit it. He, he knew quarterback wasn't his position. And we've seen a lot of guys uh, make that transition. Uh, to other positions, and and he's one of them. There's a lot of guys coming out in this year's draft, believe it or not. We discovered some linebackers today that they were dual-threat quarterbacks all through high school and end up being linebackers in college Hmm. and go on, and they're about to be, you know, some of them are going to be pretty high draft picks uh, coming up. So terrific athlete. He's going to get better and better. His uh, best football is ahead of him, and, you know, he's got his foot in the door. And that's all you can ask for. And we'll see how he competes for the Chicago Bears. I just like his size, guys. And I like um, the fact yeah. he's, he's over six feet tall. He's yep. 190 pounds. He ran a 4.5 back when he was in his pro day time. You know, he's 27 now. So, uh, But I, I think because of his transition to corner, like you said, the sky's kind of the limit. He's still scratching the surface. He was very successful up there playing in a wider field. So he covered a lot of ground. And he's got long arms. He's got 33-and-a-half-inch arms, so that's good at the corner position as well. Well, you know, Jim, you know, give us an explanation. If you turned yourself around, I know, you know, again, I'm not trying to make a joke, but you, you don't have the athleticism to play co- cornerback, mm-hmm. but you did quarterback. So now if you're on the defensive side of the ball and you're looking at an offensive structure, would things come to you quicker? Would you start your th- thinking process as they're coming to the line of scrimmage and you're seeing the formation, how does playing quarterback benefit a cornerback? Yeah, he's going to know just by sets, three-by-one, two-by-twos, route combinations, things that can happen just by wide receiver splits um, that he can all use from his knowledge of being a quarterback. You know, just the splits alone of a receiver. Say if the the receiver's two yards outside the numbers, odds are it's going to be an in-breaking route. I mean, whether it's a slant, whether it's an in-cut, whether it's a curl, something like that, something as small as that is going gonna, is gonna to benefit him. Uh, and so I, I think from that aspect, and he, as you said, Jay, he's a mature 27. All right, this guy you know, has a young, young child. He's been in the real world. He's been working. He knows what it takes, but yet still wants to keep his dream alive. So he's focused. All right, this isn't a 27-year-old who's now just out of college who doesn't have a, really a clue of what to expect. He is focused on what he needs to do to make a team, and he's motivated to play and fulfill out his dream. So, again, I think character has a lot to do with it and why a lot of teams, I think, have been going in, in that direction, and he fits the bill. You're going to take a chance on a corner that is over six foot. If you go look at the first round of the corners coming out, probably the first six guys – they're all over six one. Every one of them are the corners that are coming out uh, in this year's draft. So not all of them will be first rounders. But if I were to just give you a couple of names, are the corners hey, that are coming out? Jeff Okuda out of, out of Ohio State, he's over six one. Christian Fulton out of LSU, he's six one. They're all over two hundred pounds too. Trayvon Diggs, Alabama, he's sick over six foot two oh seven. Every one of them are over six foot. Well, his grandpa wasn't. <laughs> He was 5'9 and had 66 interceptions in 13 years. He's a Canadian Football League Hall of Famer by the name of Larry Highball. Hey, Jim, we're going to take a phone call here real quick to start us off tonight. Phil from St. Charles has been hanging on. Phil, good evening. How you doing? Hey, good evening. How are you guys? Fantastic. Good, Phil. 
Awesome. Yeah, um, I was calling uh, just because I was wondering, you know, what draft picks uh, the Bears have this year, and um, what players in the draft do you think the Bears might try to target? Well, Jim, you've been working on it, and, uh, you know, it's going to be best player available always in Ryan Pace's eyes, but no first-round pick, so you got to hit on your two second-rounders. Right. Yeah. That's what I think was the first part of the question was the the amount of draft choices and the play and the positions they're picking. And I think for for the Bears, like you said, uh, I'll have to look and I'm not even sure what their picks are. Aren't they? They own like the forty third. Yeah, forty third and fifty. Yeah, fifty yep, at the yep. start. And that's um, that's where the focus is going to be on. Will he package those? Will he stay there? I mean, what types of positions are we talking about here? But. You know, you don't want to draft just based on need. You want to draft because you're drafting the best possible player at that spot. That's the way I would look at it. How are you guys looking at it? Yeah, I, I think like anything, they'll they'll target certain guys of what they want to do if they want to package those picks where they feel that, hey, this guy's too, you know, we don't want to lose this player. And if they want to trade up and, and get him, I, I think they would do that. I, you know, as for needs, I don't think the Bears have a ton of needs. You know, if you look at their offense, uh, pretty much all the starters will be returning there. From that standpoint, you may want to target the offensive line um, because of the guard spot and, and where that's at right now. They'll have to finish their evaluations on where they feel the, the guard spot's going to go, um, I would say, from that standpoint. And then defensively, obviously for Kwiatkowski, are they going to resign one of the to to return, or is that an area of need that has to be drafted, along with HaHa Clinton-Dix being a, a free agent as well? So safety is an issue that, that probably needs to be addressed. You know, to me, I, most articles that I read throughout the offseason are always the topic of tight end in more of a bigger catching, blocking tight end, not the U tight end that we've been introduced to a couple of years ago. That's more of a wide receiver type of a tight end. But if they can find that guy, if they can find that guy out there in college who can come in here and along with the personnel they do have on the team already that can develop into that weapon at the tight end position to you know, take some catches away from the wide receiver, but add a little bit of relief to the quarterback position in terms of a receiver. So just, you know, kind of the articles that you read throughout the offseason so far for me, it's been the, the tight well, end. Because of the lack of production last year and the injuries and, and everything that went wrong at the tight end position last year, it certainly is going to be a, a major topic of, of discussion, and you, you hear it all the time. So that leads this to just something that uh, you, should, you brought up to me really uh, earlier today. So Jim and Tom, out of all the guys that finished the year on IR or had injury issues last year, who do you think out of that group could have the biggest impact in 2020? I want to start mm. with Tom. To me, it's to me, it's Trey Burton. I think a guy if he can get healthy and get back on the field, and you know, Matt has probably talked about that position as being beneficial to the offense more than any 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 other position that can add value, and. I do think Trey Burton has receiver skill. Um, I think that he is a good weapon of choice. He has a good relationship with Trubisky. But if you can take a guy that was completely injured throughout most of the season last year, if he can come back throughout this offseason, get himself um, where his his body inserts confidence in him, I think that Trey Burton can be you know have a huge production next year. Jim, yeah, it's not a good draft at, at tight end. I will say that I'm not saying there aren't guys that are littered through there uh, that you could potentially target, but I would think free agency is probably the better route if you want a tight end to produce right away. Uh, is what I'd say. It's probably not the deepest uh, draft in terms of tight ends that will be available this year. Have you uh, have you looked deeper into it at all at the college level? 
So, well, you I know, just, Cole Komet's name comes up from Notre Dame, obviously, and, and this guy sure. from Dayton, Adam Troutman's getting a lot of play. Yeah, Troutman's getting a lot of love. There's no doubt. I thought uh, Bryson Hopkins performed well out of Purdue down at the, at the Reese's Senior Bowl. He actually won the Player of the Week award at the tight end spot. But just overall, it's, it's just not a, deep tight, it's not a deep tight end draft. Um, so Jared Pinckney was another one out of Vanderbilt that performed pretty well down there. But, you know, they're littered throughout. But to expect, again, a rookie to come in and, and produce at that position and, and be dominant is, is few and far between that have really done that. You know, you've got some free agents that are out there like a Hunter Henry and guys like that that potentially could be available. And, and as Tom mentioned, Trey Burton, you need him healthy. I mean, he's more of the receiving tight end. You know, if you were to bring in another guy as a compliment, as a blocker, more in line, those type of things. But certainly a healthy Trey Burton would definitely help out with the Bears. Well, the other part of it, too, he knows the offense so well. He knew it coming in, and he he knows it now. So that would be a great place to start to help boost that position, a healthy Trey Burton. I'm going to throw two guys on the pile. He came back, but Akeem Hicks and Roquan Smith finished the year on injured reserve. I'm, I'm still looking for... Great well, things out of both of these guys. I think still we're still scratching the surface of Roquan Smith will ultimately become. I think he still has experience needed in order to configure and you know and, and everything that's required of him. And yeah, and Akeem is the guy. You know, Akeem he got he got injured by you know sticking his arm in trying in, in trying to make a tackle. It wasn't something just bad. Luck. Yeah, it was, it was just bad instance of timing that hurt Akeem. Happens every day in the National Football League, sadly, but that's part of the game. Everybody knows it. We're at wrong place, wrong time. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 Score. Back in a little bit. This segment is Bears All Access. is brought to you by CDW. People who get it. Learn more at CDW.com. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio. 312-644-6767. If you want to hop on and ask a couple of questions before we get out of here, we had Trey Roberson, the Bears' new cornerback from Illinois State, on the program just a bit ago. And uh guy won a great cup. He had seven interceptions and 12 pass breakups in 2019. Won the great cup in 18 up there in Calgary. So what's the impact, Jim, of a wider field for a guy in those terms playing a boundary corner? Then making that transition back to the National Football League in a smaller uh, distance. Yeah, I think it, it will be more compact for him, and you do. You just have to cover a lot of ground and remember just how the, the motions and, and things happen. They can come on you. Those uh, receivers can get on you pretty quick because they're running towards the line of scrimmage sometimes uh, with with their motions. Yeah, and I think it'll benefit him. And, you know, he's, he's got a, a pass with American football, so although he had to adjust to the, to the rules up there, it will be uh, different down here getting back adjusted to the American game, but I think he'll benefit, of it, benefit from it. If anything, it'll be a smaller track that's more compact for him where we'll be be able to react a lot quicker. And again, those motions and stuff, the game, in my opinion, will slow down a little bit because that's just, again, the, the way they motion up there, how receivers can get on you so quickly, even though, say, you're in off coverage, it just happens a lot quicker. Uh, than what it does in in American football, where it's you know more static, and at least the motions here are more lateral. Um, probably you're playing more elite uh, talent. There's no doubt about that. But I think he will benefit being back on a, a normal size track, what he's used to. You know, I, I think the NFL will give him a chance to be more physical too, because when you talk about the width of the field, you're going to change your angle of approach, and sometimes that will put you in a less physical position. Then Jim talked about the motion of the receivers in the Canadian Football League, where they can be coming at you and get on you 
so quickly, then you're kind of in a de- decisive position, backpedal or coming forward. So now if he can meet these wide receivers, running back sweeps, wide receiver sweeps at the line of scrimmage, towards the line of scrimmage where he's approaching, because I think that's one of the – you know, when you look at his size and, you know, the value of his structure, I, I do think that he will benefit in the NFL and be more physical because of the limited space. Hey, Jim, Tom, I heard uh, Brian Kelly, Notre Dame's head coach at the Senior Bowl on the broadcast of that, talking about what he prefers. And he, he's an offensive coach. He, he doesn't recruit, or at least he is this, do I have it right? right? He doesn't recruit high school DBs to play DB. He recruits wide receivers to be mm-hmm. DBs. Um, and I think coaches all have varying opinions about that, but there are plenty of examples. I don't know how you guys look at it, and does it you know, translate for other positions as well as you project? I, you know, to me, I think it would probably be the most difficult transition there is almost in sports just because you're doing everything going forward. Now you're doing everything kind of in reverse in a backpedal. You know, when you change a defensive lineman to an offensive lineman, it's because they have the size, they have the template, and there's a lot of things that are transferable as, as your stance and your balances and stuff. But when I heard Brian Kelly say that, and that that was a direct quote by him, he says that all the six one quarterback cornerbacks coming out of high school, Nick's Saban has them already anyway so you got to go out there and you have to get creative you know is you know Jim is that information transferable again from a wide receiver to a DB when you're trying to in you know increase the difficulty of the game and trying to change position at the same time yeah I I think so because you got a lot of hip flexibility you know for bigger receivers you got to get in and out of your breaks right I mean so you got to be able to sink your hips be fluid from from that standpoint probably uh there's a lot of guys that do make that transition probably the most recent that comes to mind was Tony Lippett Tony Lippett was out of Michigan he became a starter down there for Miami but Mark D'Antonio he started out at uh wide receiver they moved him to defensive back then they had injuries they moved him back to wide receiver and then finally got he got drafted as a corner and that's what he ended up playing uh for the Miami Dolphins um so he's bounced around the league and and things like that but yeah I do think there's there's carryover from that standpoint and just the hip flexibility and a lot of times too is because these receivers are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger I mean there's probably literally about 40 receivers that potentially could be drafted this year the average for the draft is about 30 wide receivers but because of the more multi sets that you're doing you're seeing a lot of college coaches that are taking whatever receivers can't make it at receiver they're switching them over to db why because one they're over six foot and somebody's got to guard these monsters (laughs) well somebody (laughs) has to guard these guys i mean you can't just have you know the tim jennings of the world that are five nine remember when tim jennings played for the bears receivers that are coming out this year. I just mentioned Michael Pittman. There's probably about 12 to 15 guys that are six foot four at receiver coming out in this year's draft. You need guys to guard them. And I think a lot of teams are starting to convert those receivers that maybe don't catch the best, put them on the defensive side of the ball because well, somebody's got to guard these even guys. Some of the, even some of the corners that you mentioned a couple of segments ago, and I went to look it up. Uh, so Jeff Okuda of Ohio State, maybe widely regarded as the top corner. Sure. He averaged over 24 yards a catch in high school down in Grand Prairie, Texas. So he played receiver yep. and also played corner. C.J. Henderson of Florida played running back and corner down in Miami at a high school down there. Uh, Damon Arnett from uh, Ohio State played at that famous high school in Fort Lauderdale, St. Thomas Aquinas. Linebacker and wide receiver. Another corner, Trayvon Diggs, who's Stefan's right. brother, right? Def- 
wide receiver. In what, high what about Devin Hester? Remember that right. experience? I don't right. think they could ever figure out what position that he. You know, I, I think there was complications both at wide receiver I, I and defensive also, back. Form. We'll pick it up, but I think it's hard to evaluate when they're coming into co- hard to evaluate defensive back in high school. Right. You know, your best athletes are going to play the skill position plays quarterback, right. running back, or wide receiver. You play against a team like Joe Catholic that doesn't throw the ball, and now you're a cornerback <laughs> just standing out there they the whole game. They still have schools like that? Yes. Yes, they do. And we win. Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, Jeff Joniak. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Back in a few. Back on Chicago Sports Radio. I just, Tom just made me laugh because he goes, I'm not Mr. Social, but you are. You are Mr. Social, but. You just choose to be social when necessary, Jim. Jim Miller with us as well. Up in Michigan, enjoying. Are you supposed to get hit hard, too? Yeah, we are cold? supposed to get hit hard with the, the cold here. Yeah. But like I said, I'm heading down your way. I'm right. looking forward to it. So who's Manny's favorite player in the NBA? Oh, everything Zion. You know that. Well, I don't know no, that. but it's, <laughs> it's about Luca. Tom's favorite. If he talks one more time about Luca. I mean, he's, he's Luka Doncic. Is that hey, how you say it? You, you Dallas Mavericks. It, love it. that guy. He well, is. He is. He is. He's create. <laughs> he's create. So creative. Well, I just know that Manny was just so happy. He ended up going to the Pistons game, uh, and it was a day. It was a day too early because Zion ended up playing the the following game. And so Manny was upset about that. I ended up getting Pistons tickets, and unfortunately, he couldn't see Zion. But uh, the following day is when he made his debut, which my son was still extremely upset about. Set, upset about. Oh, Zion's so, tearing it up right now. Yes, he is. Kind, kind of unstoppable. You can help deserving families donating a gently used winter coat to the Chicago Bears. Jewel Osco Coat Drive at the participating Jewel Osco locations now through February 28th. Donations benefit the Salvation Army. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and Jim Miller, our show well, tonight, uh, 312-644-6767, with a few minutes left in tonight's program, about 10 minutes before we turn it well, back over Jim to the score. Jim has thought there. Yeah, I want to finish yeah. our discussion about, because you mentioned about you know receivers that are converting to, to cornerback, and I'm glad you brought up Trayvon Diggs, and for the listeners out there, he's the younger brother of Stefan Diggs of the Minnesota Vikings, and that we, it was funny because we just had him on Sirius the other day. And I said, well, what? why the conversion? Because Alabama had him starting out at receiver. He played receiver. He was a kick returner, punt returner, and, and all those things. But a lot of times what happens is through happenstance, when you've got uh, other receivers like uh, Jerry yeah, Judy. I was going to say, Jerry, 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 say Jerry Judy's in the way. And, and Henry Ruggs, who's yeah. uh, also pr- pretty highly rated. And so Nick Saban said, well, you know, Anthony Everett and all these other corners started to get drafted out of Alabama, and so there's an opportunity there. And a lot of these players, like it, it, they're just like, hey, I want to get on the field. I want to play. And so that's kind of what's what decided it uh, for Diggs down there in Alabama. One, he wanted to get on the field. Not that he didn't love playing receiver, but he saw an opportunity to get on the field, and that's a tough lineup to crack uh, for receiver. And much like what happened with Tony Lippett at Michigan State, you know that opportunity arose for him. He said, "Yeah, I'll switch back over to the defensive side of the ball any day of the week." And and luckily, it says a lot about Trayvon Diggs because he is that talented and he's and he's good now. It's a good corner, and he understands how to run, defend wide receiver routes. I asked him when's the last time he covered his brother. He goes, "I cover him every off season. That's that's his workouts. He's hmm. covering a pro wide receiver in his own family." Stefan so, Diggs, a tough out, that's yeah. for sure. All right, back to the phones, Jim. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Let's bring in Wayne. Wayne, good evening. 
Hey guys, how's it going? Good, good, man. Fantastic. Hey, it's always always great talking to you guys. Some of my heroes, you guys just I, I hate I hate I hate when a Super Bowl comes on because there's a big black cloud over the earth for a while because there's no more football for a while. But <laughs> well, now you got XFL to dine. dine yeah, out well, hey, bit. how about that? But hey, guys, of all these free agent quarterbacks that are out there, um, who do you, who would you like to see the Bears maybe try and pick up? And who do you think we really realistically have a chance to get? And who would who would be the best fit for us that, uh, of all of all these free agents that are that are out there? All great and complicated questions. We'll start with the quarterback himself, Jim Miller. I, I personally, you look at Andy Dalton. He's led a team to multiple postseasons. Supposedly, he's available for a trade uh, with Cincinnati. His contract comes at seventeen million, um, but I think he's a good point guard. You know, and he, he can run the style of offense. And ironically, the person who knows him more than me is Bill Lazor, who coached him there and was their offensive coordinator there for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Andy Dalton has been extremely productive, has won a lot of big games, has led teams multiple times to the postseason. And I know his name may not sound sexy to everybody, but he can compete. But there is an influx of a lot of free agent quarterbacks out there that will need to find a home. So if it's not Andy Dalton or the price isn't right, there are other guys that are going to be available. And it could be all the way up till training camp, quite frankly, because I, I don't see a lot of these guys finding a home right away. So it's going to have to Why sort not? itself. Because there's, there's too many guys for the position. You know, I, I think ultimately for Tom Brady and guys like Drew Brees, they're going to find out it's better just to return home. You know, if they think there's a big payday out there, Drew Brees, it's it's not always going to go the way you want it as an older player in the NFL. Um, Tom will probably have the most interest, whether it's in Tampa, whether it's in Indy, whether it's in Tennessee, but I still don't see those teams breaking the bank for him, nor do I see teams wanting to break the bank for Drew Brees. So if Tom wants to end on a high note and Drew Brees wants to end on a high note, why not just return home? Tom's best bet to win a nat- or to win a world championship is in New England. And I would say the same thing for Drew Brees. You know, it may sound nice to to go to another place, but I think we know that the history of that happening is few and far between of the Peyton Mannings in the world that it worked out with Denver, and a lot of that was due to the defense. All right, Jim, let me, ask, let me ask you this real quick. So if you were starting an expansion team and the same quarterbacks were out there right now and you had your choice of any of them, which one would you pick? I'm going Tom Brady. Okay. I think Tom can still play. I still think he's got the arm strength. Yeah, like all of them, um, they've all lost their fastball. Phillip Rivers has lost a little bit. Drew Brees has lost a little bit, and so has Tom. But Tom's still playing at a high level. I think it's more about Tom's issues, I think, with New England are more about what's around him right now. It probably was one of the worst supporting casts that he's had over the past year, and here they were still battling to the end. Um, so... You know, I, I just think for him, he can still play. He's still got a couple good years left, um, but it's going to be interesting how it sorts out because I think Rivers, we know what's done for him for the Chargers. So I think for Rivers, his best spot is either Indianapolis with Frank Reich, who has been with him before, and Nick Sirianni, their new offensive coordinator, or potentially Tampa that is out there. But again, it's got to be the right situation for those guys. But you, you, you almost, you know, you kind of connect dots and you find it, somewhat easy to put the puzzle together if the money's right in each situation but as it relates to the bears and what they want to do yeah you know well, what, I, I i i just want to see well eliminate you know, all those guys because they're not coming right, into chicago right. to compete to start because that's the situation it is 
I mean, Nick or uh, Mitch Trubisky is the quarterback, but you're bringing in competition to compete with him. And if he were to falter, somebody that you can turn to, almost like the Ryan Tannehill, uh, Marcus Mariota You want Mariota somebody situation. that if, yes, if things are not going right, that you can still win with. Yes. And because of. Well, I, yeah. I think that's the thing about it. You have to look at the situation you're in. So, Jim, you know, he described what Andy Andy Dalton, you know, is he going to be the guy that's going to be a, a, you know, a good reserve at the, you know, like Ryan Tannehill was until they came in and then made the change and he was able to capitalize on what he does. I mean, you know, at, at ultimately at the end, I don't think Ryan Tannehill is the guy that they want to invest heavily in the Tennessee right. Titans. So, you know, but if you were looking for a backup for a young and experienced guy, Andy Dalton would probably be that guy. If I was starting um, an expansion team and I had a choice of any of these guys, me, I would go with Drew Brees, you know, because I just, you know, his commitment to the sport, um, you know, his commitment to making sure that he can help develop receivers in an offense, his commitment to all that. So, you know, it's it's, it's weird how you'd have to look at it because never in the history of, you know, paying attention to the NFL have I ever seen guys with these type of uh, credentials well, come yeah, out? Yeah, well, look, I mean, even, you know, today, you know, they're saying, okay, Ben Roethlisberger, he's going to be okay. The health will be fine. He's turning 38 next month. Uh, Jameis Winston, you hear Bruce Arians today saying, you know, our priority is improving the defense, but we're going to see on the quarterback situation. Um, Matthew Stafford, rumors of the Lions, you know, he's not a guy that can be traded in terms of salary cap implications. So these rumors that we're hearing, yeah. are there, but it's all these older veteran quarterbacks. It's it's rather interesting this year. I I think it's going to be intriguing, this entire free agent process. Just, but with you know what the thing about it is, look, look at the difference between all these quarterbacks we're talking about and Kyler Murray, because there yeah. is such a difference in size to and structure. I mean, didn't you have opinion too? Huh? About him, yeah. right? I mean, it's just, you... it's just it's just crazy how the, the quarterback position has changed because, you know, um, you know when Cam Newton came out, man, this is the new quarterback. This is what it's going to be, the 6'6", 260-pound quarterback. And then 10 years later, here's Kyler Murray, you know, at the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of size and structure. Yeah, and the 250-pound quarterback has been often injured, you know. Yeah. Um, and he's still, you know, there's a lot unknown there, and people are speculating what's going to happen down there with the, you know, you got a new head coach and Matt Rule, and will ultimately uh, Cam Newton, one, will he be healthy enough, and will he even be a Carolina Panther? There's speculation that he could be traded as well and, and could be available. But, but again, all those points are moot is, is what it means to the Bears because right. those quarterbacks want to start. Drew Brees not going anywhere else but to start. Same with Tom Brady, same with Phillip Rivers. They're not signing somewhere to be the, the one to, to compete to start or to uh, to be the backup. So it kind of eliminates all those guys from the Bears. Now you're looking at the guys like Andy Dalton. You're looking at guys like Marcus Mariota, guys that are willing to, to say, hey, yeah, I, I, I will sign with the Bears in order to compete to start. And if Mitch falters, maybe I'll get an opportunity to go in and show my wares. Again, that Tennessee situation. Ryan Tannehill signed there. A lot of speculation about him. Would he be healthy and all that? And all he wanted to do was position himself to get an opportunity to play. And once Mariota struggled, he was inserted into the lineup, and that's all you can ask for. That situation worked out for him in the way he wanted it to work out, and that's how quarterbacks are going to look at the Chicago Bears. Can you bring me in to compete? And if I get my opportunity, if Mitch falters, 
then I'll then I'll be able to step in and play and hopefully play well. Big Jim, that's traveling music. Have fun on your All Star weekend. Tell Manny we said hello. All right, Gets a lot do, of autographs, man. good pictures. Don't let him drive. <laughs> <laughs> that's Jim Miller for Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks to Mike Chen, Chris Dickens, your phone calls, and for Trey Roberson, the new Bears cornerback. You've been listening to Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.